Welcome to the Custom Made Podcast. My name is Kelly Helfman, and I am a busy working mom on a journey to figure out how to find the best balance between career and family life, all while still trying to take care of me. Join me as I take you on a journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and personal growth. We are here to have vulnerable conversations with thought leaders, industry experts, and everyday real heroes to share insight and stories on navigating real life challenges. There will be no sugarcoating and lots of laughs. We are here to get down and dirty on all the things so you can feel seen and a little less alone. Like custom-made clothes, you are one of a kind and need to create the perfect fit to be unapologetically you. So let's get custom-made. All right, everybody, welcome to the Custom Made Podcast. I'm so excited. We're like almost 20 episodes in, I think, and it has been really great to hear your feedback. I am extremely excited about my guest today. Somebody I actually met, I think, like four or five years ago. We were trying to figure it out at my job during Magic and Project. She came as a speaker, um, as a fashion stylist for celebrities. However, she is most known as the founder, inventor, and a content creator. Mm -hmm. She created, I'm I'm talking about you like you're not here. She created this incredible product called Top Tote, which we'll get into, and then more products after that. So went from a stylist for celebrities in Hollywood and entertainment Um, transition into an entrepreneur and an inventor and a founder. And now also creates this incredible content. I'm obsessed with following you. (laughs) I love your style tips. Um, And then since has also launched a marketplace called Filist, where other women could um, really, it's like a marketplace with products, with women like you who have these great products that you want to put out there. So I am so excited to have Miss Lindsay Albanese. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I need you to clear up the story. Celebrity stylist, how do you get into entrepreneurship and launch Top Toe? And everybody needs to have a Top Toe situation because it has changed my life. You gifted me one once with the lips and I can carry my hat everywhere. I'm obsessed. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for the beautiful intro. Um, Yeah, I guess just, you know, now at my age, it's like I've been in the fashion industry for 20 years, which is just like jaw dropping. Like, how can I even say that? I don't feel old enough to say that, but it's true. Yeah, you're Um, only 30. That was (laughs) very young. Seriously, right? Um, so yeah, I started early on, like in my at 22 as a celebrity fashion stylist, traveling the world and styling for shows like American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, like I styled for everyone from like Jimmy Kimmel to Fran Drescher, you know, commercials and you name it. And I did that from a really, really young age. I started young. And and then with that, you know, you gain notoriety in the business, and then people want you on today show doing fashion segments because you've earned, you know, your credibility right in the in the industry. And I did that for about 15 years. And then I realized I didn't want to style celebrities for the rest of my life. Um, no offense to them, but you're a service and you have to be at their beck and call 24 <laughs> oh, seven. And all the schlepping, so much schlepping when you're a stylist and steaming. It's so much, even, so much schlepping. Even if you have five assistants, the talent always wants you. So yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was an amazing, thrilling, unbelievably scary and rewarding career. Um, But I think it's those starts in our career that kind of, you know, 
open up your eyes to other opportunities. And that's exactly what it did for me. Um, in traveling, I hated traveling with my hat or my client's hats. I would always carry them in my hand. And a lot of times I would leave my hats at home. And I'm like, there has to be a better way to travel with your hat. And after doing some research, I realized that the, the last invention for hat travel was the hat box in like the late 1800s. So I really saw an opportunity there. <laughs> and so I went into development and I invented um, the the hat clip concept that is top tote, the hat clip. I am the original inventor, the original thought leader of the concept, um, you know, with creating a new idea and really revolutionizing how people travel. You get a lot of um, infringement, which we have to fight on a weekly basis. But hey, it's protecting my investment and my idea. And it's it's been a wild ride. So since then, we've launched more products under the Lindsay Albanese brand, serviceable, functional products. And uh, that's what I do. So incredible, inspiring. I love following you. And I love how you also, while you're creating your content, um, don't just give the style tips, which are so fun and practical, but you're always talking about being an entrepreneur and what you had to do to get you there. Just curious. So while you were styling, did you create this or did you just like one day stop and start? Because that gets scary for people like, do I quit my full time job and start the, a side hustle or how do you do it? Yeah. So I'll tell you. So every stepping stone of my career bled into the next stepping stone. And I strategically in my mind, I knew I was going to move on, but I kept that current opportunity or job simmering until I felt like, okay, now's time to take the leap. So for instance, I styled uh, clients, but like less and less simultaneously while I was building my YouTube channel. So this was 10 years ago because I knew I wanted to get out of styling and get into content creation. And I was doing, uh, I was doing double duty, styling clients and then starting this new venture that I've never done before. You know, I'm a, I'm not, I'm like not even a millennial. I'm like older than that. So like we didn't grow up with that technology and like social media. So, um, and then after I, my business as a content creator got legs and I got a lot of big brand deals, then I retired fashion styling completely. And then when I wanted to launch my accessories brand, I was still doing the brand deals and the content creation simultaneously launching a product business. So I think they say there's no better time to start a, a side hustle than while you're at your full-time job. <laughs> I don't know if that's mm -hmm. good advice, but I say that only because people who have what it takes will do both. Like you will work your 10 hour, eight hour day at your nine to five. And then in the evenings and on the weekends, you'll invest your time in, you know, your, your dream idea. I think that's just what you, that's kind of the, the only secure way of doing it. Cause some people don't have a spouse or someone to lean on, you know, we got to make money. And in my mm -hmm. case, I had to make money simultaneously while I was, you know, jumping to these new ventures. Wow. So Thank you for being transparent. Um, mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. And so, and when you say you were creating content on the YouTube channel and getting brand deals, so did you have to, like, would people start approaching you as you had a ton of content followers or were you like out actively pitching yourself to get revenue through influencing and, and helping brands? 
Yeah. So when I think back, gosh, this was a long time ago. I launched my YouTube channel 10 years ago, but um, brands came to me naturally. Um, and then I also would cold pitch. Yeah. I mean, you have to constantly seek opportunities. That's the my biggest piece of advice. Actually, my biggest piece of advice for 2024 for everyone is you have to constantly be seeking opportunities because just because there isn't a job post doesn't mean there is so much opportunity. Like I, when I look back, I asked for a lot of things. I inserted myself. I, I inspired, I asked questions. Hey, do you think, you know, because people are busy and a lot of opportunities are not found, they're created by you. And I think if people really in their daily life searched for that, they would get a lot more opportunity than if they just thought that opportunities, you know, knock on your door or are on LinkedIn. I did save your recent TikTok on that when you were like, you all, you did that amazing TikTok clip where you're like, I always made sure I looked for an opportunity in every situation. And I was like, save, brilliant. Yes. So good for like the salespeople who work with me. Um, and just to let them know, you really have to create it yourself. Mm -hmm. How did you have the confidence? I think sometimes yeah. uh, folks will look at somebody like you or me and be like, oh, they're so confident. And it just feels like maybe they naturally have that, mm -hmm. right? I've gotten that a lot. And I'm like, oh no, I have to work at this every day. It's scary to get rejected, but you had to get the confidence to stop styling and start all these new ventures, invent something, put yourself out there on con um, doing the content. What was your key to confidence? Do you feel like you were just born with it? Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think it's nature. Um, I think it's also I have had I've been di I've had a learning disability and diagnosed ADD since I was seven years old. So I've always had to overcompensate and try harder than the next person. So I'm like really used to having to figure out and be resourceful because traditional ways of thinking and doing things didn't work for me because I'm not good with books. I'm not, I wasn't good with comprehension or good with math, you know, so I had to figure out workarounds and ask questions. Um, so I think that helped. I think also um, what helped is I have very strong um, support system. Um, my dad's an entrepreneur. My mom is a very strong woman. And that support system gave me a lot of that confidence and a lot of that guidance where mm. I was scared. I would go to my parents and be like, oh, I don't know if I want to follow up. And my dad would be like, follow up, follow up. I'm like, you sure? I don't want to bug him. You're, you're not going to bug them. Like you need to keep following up to be seen. These people are busy. And I really learned from, from that really having positive people around me. So I think it's it's so important to find your people like that, whether it's in a, a group setting or a friend setting, um, because that will really help um, give you the confidence to move forward. And, and when you doubt yourself, having that right person saying, no, just go. Yeah. Just cheerleaders and somebody to yeah. hold you accountable. So you don't give yes. up. I love that. And listen, um, I also mm -hmm. think People are so much more into themselves and what they have going on that they're not going to think about whether you follow. They're not even going to think deeply into you reaching out a few times or you going the extra mile. If anything, you're going to get more positive out of doing that than negative because you're going to remind people to remember you and you may just catch them at that perfect time. And whereas if you didn't do that, an, 
you know, you would have never had that opportunity. Gosh, it's so scary. But, um, you know, thinking about you took that leap and conquered the fear and became an entrepreneur. What do you feel like made you most successful? Like if, if somebody wants to start a business and take that leap, what are the main skills that you think somebody needs to be successful in having their own business? Follow through. Yeah. Follow dedication. Through. So mm. number one, actually, number one is you have to feel that calling that 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 voice or that gut feeling that won't go away. Right. That's when, you know, you can't just be like, oh, so and so did this. I think I'm going to try that because business is hard. It's always going to be hard. Even if you have a shining moment out of the gate, it's going to plateau and you're going to have to work harder. To get, There's no just like up and up for the, your entire mm -hmm. career. There's no billionaire. There's no person you admire who's just like, oh, yeah, everything was amazing. You know, like just all all up, up and up. You know, we just wins every day. No, it is always up and down. So I think tapping into really knowing that you want to do this, it's an urge, it's a calling. That's number one. That's going to keep you in the game. And then understanding that things are going to take time, they're going to go wrong. But just because it's going wrong, that's not a sign that you need to quit. A lot of times when there when things aren't going right or there's challenges, it's just a sign to pivot and find another way. Hmm. And yes. I feel like all the good comes out of when the, the hard times, right? I was just telling you before we started recording, it's like going through a divorce. I feel like I'm my best self. If I wouldn't have gone through that hard time, I wouldn't have like felt all these things now. It's the same with business or work. You go through the hard time, you launch a show, it doesn't work. You launch a product, it's got flaws, and then you get through it and it just makes you so much more successful. And it really sucks that you have to go through that. But at the end of the day, it's what sets people apart. And you can translate that, right? Like you're talking about a personal experience such as divorce, like something I'm sure you ignored, you know, you're like, no, no, you know, make it work, whatnot. And then it gets to a point where you can't ignore that voice or that feeling. Yes. That, and that's when you knew you had to take the leap and look, it, it was brutal, but you're on the other side and you're so, you know, grateful for it, even though it was an unfortunate situation. It is the same with business and feeling a higher calling professionally. When it's not going away, you have to do it. And I would much prefer to experience a failure than to ever live in regret. Like, oh, like when I'm older, oh my gosh, I wish I would have done that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, I think a lot of people also don't necessarily, do you mind um, telling us, did you have the money to start yourself or did you have to get an investor and pitch? Yeah. So I invested my own money. So I, I made a really good living as a um, fashion stylist and a content creator. And I had investments in real estate and whatnot. Um, but I pretty much took my own money and wow. invested it. I sold off one of my properties and I fully, fully self-funded. Um, incredible, Lindsay. Yeah. And I have to say, I paid myself back the loan that within two years, and I became a multi-million dollar business within two and a half years. So yeah, you launched Top Toe and it sold out online on Nordstrom's within weeks, right? No, within 24 hours. The I launched in Nordstrom and it, within what? 24 hours, the buyer called me and said, we highly, the buyer has never called me since, no buyers call, like, but they called me and said, we underestimated the demand for this product. Like, 
what more can you sell? Like we need more. And I'm like, to, to launch a company and a product business, it's so wildly expensive. Like that is what I've learned. I'm like, if people only knew what, like how much goes into just like the journal that you're buying and the UPC code and the testing and the, and the sampling and it just like, there's so many things. Um, so they, yeah. I, and I didn't have a ton to give them because, you know, I was a really lean, small company, but that was one of the most thrilling moments in my career. I actually cried because I looked at my, I cried and I looked at my husband. I said, it worked. It worked. Because mm -hmm. when all, everyone was buying homes, I literally invested my money. And my husband was like, babe, we're going for broke. Like we're doing this. I'm like, we are, we're going for broke. Like, I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, we're hard workers. We're always going to make money. Ah, oh, I love, what a cheerleader. And he's yeah. an entrepreneur too. So he gets it. Yes. And I don't recommend to entrepreneurs in the household. <laughs> God. Don't do it. One needs security and a stable, oh. secure job, and the other one go to town. But all, but again, we both have these callings that, and and you know these personal goals for ourselves. So it's like, but yeah, it's it's really real over here. <laughs> um, I love that. That's so motivating, though. Mm -hmm. And I think it, you know, on the investment and all that stuff. I think that's where people get really scared. And I could probably do a whole other podcast yes. with like our friend, Jacqueline Johnson. Let's talk about, you know, how to get investors and the right way to pitch. And I think there's so much to learn, but you had never started a business before. How did you know? Like, did you take master classes? I don't know. They didn't even have that then, but like, did you just learn it all on your own by reading you, know, you, you said you don't even like to read books. No, I love, I'm a big, you know how to start a business. <laughs> in in high school, textbooks and stuff, no, but I, I'm actually an avid reader and big on personal oh, spiritual okay. development. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't um, read any books. What I did is I tapped into all my resources. And that is so important too. When you want to start something new, you need to sit back and think, who do I know that is in any realm or touch point of this business or opportunity that I want to pursue? Uh, and I didn't give a shit. I called my parents' neighbor that I hadn't seen in like 18 years because I knew he had a sunglass manufacturing company. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Martin, remember me? I literally probably hadn't seen him since I was 10 years old. But everyone, like I was not scared to, and I think it's just so important when you don't have family. I don't have family in the industry. None of my family has a product business or is in manufacturing or anything. But when you step back and you think, who do I know of my friends, friends of friends, friends of friends that I can reach out to for information, um, I think that is your best starting point because you're always going to know somebody, even if you're in Facebook groups or we have so much information right now. But I think tapping into your resources, personal, digital, whatnot, um, just right there is going to help you. I That's so great. I mean, you answer, I had that. That was a big question for me. Like, how do you utilize your connections? What resources? Mm -hmm. um, and I think they learn from their mistakes. So they tell you what not to do and maybe what technology, you know, retail technology not to use and so forth. Mm -hmm. So then Basically, Top Toe is a success. It takes you a while to pay yourself back because you have to invest in the business, all the things. You progress. So then you're like, okay, I want to launch more products. I want to start the file list. Like, how did that come about? Like the evolution of you being this kind of inventor, founder, and businesswoman? 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's important to start small, especially when you are funding it yourself. It's really, really easy to try and keep up with the Joneses and do a bunch of things because you're so inspired by the people and brands you follow. I want to do that, do that. But it's just so important, especially if you don't have investment to start small. Even if you do have investment, start small, because there's so many companies that I know that people I know have been and they invest, they, they, uh, they raise millions of dollars and they just frivolously spent out the gate. So even when you have yeah. investment to just start small and it was gradual, you know, I started with top toad, a few styles. And then from there, you know, I got inspired to design another product, my laptop clutch, my two sided travel laundry bag, just little, little by little. But I think starting small and having that be your jumping off point is just super important. No fancy packaging, like no publicists, like just really grassroots till you get your bearings. And I Keep think your cost down, cost down, need a yes. good margin here. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, it's, it's really important. Um, also because maybe this is where I'm at right now. I'm self-funded, but we're going to be raising money here this year, which I'm not excited about. I'm just used to being scrappy and I know how to do it myself and blah, blah, blah. And that is like a whole other thing. Investors and being in the room and anybody I ever know who's raised money just says it's exhausting and it's stressful and it's discouraging and it's all numbers. And that's not exciting to me. I'm creative. But I think um, bootstrapping it yourself in the beginning and being very lean and starting small with the with the strategy and the mindset like, okay, you know, in the future, I'm going to do more, I think is really going to serve you, serve you really well to keep things lean and to spend money in a very practical way, rather than it's, a lot of these startups just overspend and then they're yeah. out of business. I mean, it sounds like you were good with money at a young age, you had investment properties, you, you did well. So mm -hmm. you were smart with your money. A lot of people, if they have a good career, they spend or they don't, you know, it's hard. Right. Um, yes. and so that's a gift. And if people aren't great with money, mm -hmm. they have to really work hard at that because that could be the end all be all. You'll be out I of it. So cheap. Let me tell you, are you the cheapest human ever? Really? Um, Yes. And it's benefit. I mean, operating right. a really large business, it's benefited me. You know, mm -hmm. I am a, like, I am ridiculous with how I spend my money. I will splurge on certain things and other things. I don't need the brands, the name brand. I don't need to do that. Like uh -huh. it's really crazy, but it does help you in business. It absolutely does. And, um, I will say this is a very uh, important bit of advice um, for anyone out there who's wanting to start a product business specifically, um, even a service business. Um, the first consultant I hired was a CPA book financial advisor to do my books. Um, that is why I have been able, last year was a terribly hard year for most brands. Um, oh, yeah. But that's the reason I'm in business. There's so many elements that that affect your your margin that people don't even think of a lot of fashion people don't oh it's fine um and it's just really important to have clarity in your books because it literally you know if you're just humming and thinking you're making money and have no financial clarity like that you could be bankrupt you know so i think that's the it was me and then I hired a, a a bookkeeper and financial consultant to go over my numbers every month and and my my books and that's what kept me in business. 
That's a really good tip. Um, yeah. And so now you have the Phyllis. I love that you're doing this to support other women um, in business. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my journey of inventing and patenting top tote, the hat clip that I invented, I realized that there wasn't a community um, to discover other functional and stylish products created by women. And um, I was, and you know, there's Etsy and there's all, but it's just, there, it's so, there's so much, right? And I really wanted to curate a destination of literally the most functional, stylish goods um, created by women. So I launched the Phylist. It's really my way of just having a platform that spotlights other brands and women just like me. And it gives me a chance to lend my platform. So between YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, I have 1.1 million followers. So Girl. Yeah. So that Mazel. helps get the, get the word out, um, you know, and support other brands like myself. So I, I wish that the Phylist existed for me when I was first launching, um, because it would have helped, you know, customer acquisition and just brand awareness. Okay. So I just need to touch on a minute. I told you like you have the best style. We're both in our forties. Um, I am definitely somebody who likes to take risks in my fashion. Some people don't. You do a little bit of both. I love that you do high and low. Um, everybody needs to follow you and we'll tell them where in a minute. But like, I'm just curious, like what's next for you? Mm. What do you feel like? Is there like, what is your calling? Do you love doing, are you going to continuously launch products? Mm -hmm. Like you have so much to offer. I mean, literally, when I was looking at your bio, I was like, oh, she's like a, a incredible. I oh, feel like I would just love a glimpse into like your brain of like, what do you want to keep doing more of or do new things? Yeah. So that's such a great question. So I feel like when you launch a business, it's about a brilliant idea and creativity. And that's really what it's about. And like building a business from scratch. And then once it starts humming, if you're, you know, blessed enough for it to work, it, it it's less and less about creativity. And it's about business and administrative and analytics and reporting and finance. Not very sexy. No. And finances and staff and managing your team and making sure there were, you know, and I truly uh, think I lost I lost myself in my creativity these past two years, truly, um, just being so underwater with a self-funded business. And just like uh, it was just a, not the greatest year last year um, with with everything in the economy and just how uh, business was going. So this year, presently, I'm like crystal, crystal clear on what I do, uh, what I want to do and what I want to do and what I'm focusing on is just being creative and tapping into more of what I know that I'm good at. It is innovation, product development, design, and being a creator and sharing my expertise and my value with people. Um, mm. So that is personally my focus as like a, a, like a macro um, kind of plan this year is to be creative. Um, but as far as my personal brand, my namesake brand, the Lindsay Albany's brand that's sold in Saks and Nordstrom and thousand high-end boutiques across the U.S., um, we have a big launch and pivot happening um, in Ooh. 2025 that we're working on right now. That is really my big, like, big picture, lifelong goal with the brand. So... How exciting. Yeah. And how crazy how long it takes to do something. Like you're talking a full year out or more. Um, and I'm sure you've been working on it in 23 as well. So 
Yes. Well, I think that's the thing. I think you start these journeys thinking that you know exactly where you want it to go. And then you conquer these little things and it inspires something new. Um, I don't think I would have ever thought that this is where I want to go. Um, mm. But naturally, after you launch a business, you learn what you love, you learn what your customer wants from you, you kind of yeah, you learn a lot from it. So I would just try and trust the process um, because things are going to change and they're going to change in ways that you may have never planned, but are exactly what you never, what you never realized that you really wanted. And that's where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Tell me, you had mentioned you are on a spiritual journey. What'd you say? Like you read books around spirituality. I'm just personally oh. obsessed and I want to hear about that. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I am huge. I'm an avid reader. I have my AM and my PM books. So my AM books are the personal and spiritual and business development, big on all of those. And then my PM books are like, you know, the all kinds of just like fiction, fiction books you can get lost in. Uh, but yeah, my, my, it's probably right here. Yeah, it's right there. Uh, the, the one, the best book that I read um, last year, truly, and I read a lot, to be quite honest, I read a lot of these personal and business development books and I get bored or I'll get a nugget and I'll be like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to read another 300 pages of reiterating this, right? Mm -hmm. And I do feel, no offense, that some of these development books can be a little like a little boring. Hey, I also have ADD. So it's like, I it doesn't take a a ton to get me to like, oh, what squirrel flashing light, you know, <laughs> but I will say one of the best books I, I have read and I read it last year is the power of one more. And I, okay. I recommend it to absolutely everyone. The power of one more by, I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, I'm so excited. By the way, I, I'm a, I'm a ADD sister too. Oh, you are? And you know what? I'm so glad, like it can, this shows that if you have challenges like that, or you have a child that has challenges like that, um, around ADD or ADHD, you really can still be super successful in all these things. I mean, there really are so yeah. many of us that have suffered or, or just have been challenged with it and have learned to cope and manage and figure it out and still operate really great businesses and be super successful. So I love that you shared that. Thank you for being so open. Yeah. I think the key to being successful as somebody with ADD or ADHD, in my opinion, is really tapping into what interests you and figuring out how to make a career or business out of it, regardless of, you know, you know, how much it may, may pay it just because what's going to keep you going every day is just knowing that you find some joy and purpose in what you're doing. And I think that's why I've always chased like from fashion styling. Oh, conquered that. Okay. This content creation thing looks cool. Okay. Let's jump there. Oh, oh, product making. Okay. Let's jump from there. And it's all in the realm, right? Like yeah. a fashion and taste and, um, creation. Um, and, and now, you know, we're doing this other pivot um, but, uh, yeah, I think really tapping into that. Um, I, I truly believe that this book, the power of one more, uh, by Ed Milet is such a eye opening truth bomb of a book that you, I literally to this day look back at the, the little excerpts and, 
and they supercharge and inspire me. Um, so that's in the in the recent history, the book that I, I recommend. The book that I always have out that I have look at and refer to for years has been um, Think and Grow Rich. I'm sure oh, you've heard of that. I've read that one. That's a great it's one. Amazing. Like it's yes. one of those books that I got to gra grab it right now. It Get it. Those books that when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling like, oh, I don't know, or I want to feel inspired, I literally will just open it. Oh, and I've I've underlined and and I have an excerpt here that I would read to myself, and even just reading it, I'm like, oh yes, okay, you know, read so, it, Lindsay, read it, read it, do it. I know I should read it. Well, I just does it feel vulnerable? Yeah. to read it. No, not at all. Um, this says, and I think this is so true, thoughts which are mixed with any of the feelings of emotion constitute a magnetic force which attracts from the vibrations of the ether other similar or related thoughts. So that's basically, yeah, saying when you mix your thoughts and emotions, it attracts similar things, you know? And I think just those reminders are so important to to read so this book i just think is like I, I gotta read this one can i read this do it okay temporary defeat should mean only one thing the certain knowledge that there is something wrong with your plan yeah that's I so love good that. that's, that's so like good. what i said just because there's a setback or something happens it doesn't mean you should quit it means you need to pivot or try a new way that's literally what that is see this book is just it's so good. It's so deep. It's so new age. And even though it was written in like the early 1900s, but it's just phenomenal. It's a textbook for life. I'm going to make sure I'll link both those books in the notes too, um, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, all the different places that people could find your products and the phyllis and all the things. So tell me, um, people are going to want to go see the phyllis and support Top Toe where can they find you? Where can they follow you for all those great style tips I'm obsessed with? I need the red tights look, but I just oh. buy a pair of red shoes now. And maybe that'll be my vibe for like coterie or magic. Yes. Oh my God. It. Isn't it so cute? I know it's surprisingly so cute. cute. Yeah. So um, she paired for anybody who hasn't seen it and hopefully you will now. It was like wear red tights or any bright color tights with a kind of normal outfit that's a gray or black or whatnot, and then match it with the color shoe. So you go red tight, red shoe, or pink tight, pink shoe, whatever color you decide. Obsessed. Yeah, I've seen these European fashion girlies just, it's literally oh, all over my for you. And I'm like, girls. I have to try this. And I have not worn red tights since I was four years old. <laughs> and I was like, pleasantly surprised. But um, yeah, so you can follow me at Lindsay Albanese on all the platforms. And then you can check out my products and um, my marketplace, um, thephilist.com or at thephilist. You are legit so inspiring. Um, the fact that you're just in early 40s and you've done so much in your career, I think you sharing um, all of this will really inspire and help people. And it just goes to show that it takes so much hard work, confidence. You had to roll up your sleeves, get dirty, all the things, right? Keep pivoting and so forth. And um, I just, 
I just hope that folks really continue to understand that it's not easy, but if you love it to your point and you're very passionate and you feel it's your purpose, you will keep going. Anything else that, yeah, anything we missed? Yeah, no. And I just believe even when the going gets tough, if there's a will, there's a way, even when it seems like everything is, is shit. It's like, figure out where to go. When there's a will, there's a way. There's always a way. There's always a way. way. And and believe me, this last year was the most challenging personally and professionally of my entire life. It was absolutely terrible. Things that I haven't even shared. One day I'll share in my book, but (laughs) but yeah, that's coming from somebody who's had like the lowest, lowest, lowest lows and then the highest highs. It's all worth it. (laughs) Thank you for being so vulnerable. Love you. Thank you for doing this. Um, I'm so happy to talk to you. I love always hearing from you and following you and uh, we will talk soon. Yes. Yes. So we'll definitely, I would love to get together and like hear more about, you know, everything going on and how I can support and whatnot. You're the best. <laughs> You're so inspiring. I learned so well, much today. Too. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right. Thank right. you. Yes. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. All right. You made it to the end of this episode and you invested in yourself. Congratulations. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Feel free to share this episode with someone you think might benefit from listening to it. And also make sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite listening channel or on YouTube and come back every Tuesday for a new episode. To stay up to date on all things the Custom Made Podcast, make sure to visit us at our website at kellyhelfman.com and click on the podcast or you can follow us on any of the social channels. I'll see you next week.